Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God, brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. somebody to lift up your hands and you want to pray father make me comprehend the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God lift up your hand and ask God to give you that make me comprehend the length the breadth the depth and the height of the love of God somebody prayed Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, unto you be glory and honor. We ask that you give unto us the capacity to comprehend the breadth and the length and the depth and the height of the love of God, which passes all knowledge, so that we will be filled with all the fullness of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, somebody pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Can I hear you say an amen? So, I started off by talking about the mathematics of the love of God. And then this morning I said that in doing the mathematics of God, we are looking at the, the, the dimensions or the scope of the love of God and we talked about the breadth of the love of God and um, I mentioned to us that the breadth of the love of God talks about the wisdom with which God put together the salvation plan so the wisdom of God the Father God the Son God the Holy Ghost the wisdom of the Godhead in bringing us salvation the very fact that God became a man the, the breadth is the rich of the of the salvation or the reach of the love of God that God brought us salvation and um, by becoming a man and then he pulled us from afar and those of us who were very from afar those of us who were not part of the kingdom of Israel God brought us into the commonwealth of Israel and he brought us and made us part of his people though we were from afar now so all of that has to do with the wisdom of God, the eternal wisdom of God. This evening, I want to be talking about the length of the love of God. And I told us in the morning that when we talk about the breadth of the love of God and we talk about the length and we talk about the depth and we talk about the height, there is no fixed rule as to how you should interpret these things. I think most of them are subjective. Everybody can personally interpret them just that you interpret them in the context of scripture. So, I see the length of the love of God to be dealing with the, the distance that love is prepared to cover in order to manifest itself. The distance it is supposed to cover, the, the span it is supposed to cover. Now, length is when you, when you talk about the breadth, you are talking about the width, and when you talk about length, you are talking about how long something is. Length refers to the extent of time or the measure of distance. And we cannot comprehend or fully understand the length of the love of God. 
The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 3, the verse number 17 to 19, it said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, the, when, when, when I talk about the length of the love of God, something comes to my mind. And the thing that comes to my mind is long-suffering. When the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the verse number 4, it says that charity suffered long. Charity suffered long and is kind. Charity envied not, it vaunted not itself, is not puffed up. So charity suffered long. The length of the love of God refers to the long-suffering of God's love. It shows the length to which God is able, to which God goes in order to save and to bless us. God is patient to the end. He is not swift to judge and destroy sinners. The patience of Jesus Christ made him go as far as the cross to save us. The love of God is enduring love. The love of God is enduring. The, the, the love God showed towards us is enduring and now jesus christ became a man in order to die and to save us jesus didn't come to the world to just walk about leisurely like on a holy day in order to save us he suffered he suffered you know let me tell you something honestly honestly the way the honestly i think when you lack patience in life when you lack patience you have defeated the essence of the gospel. People must be able to dwell together, especially in the context of marriage. You must be able to enter and stay in your marriage all the days of your life. You must be able to enter the marriage, stay in it, make it work. Be patient for the thing to work. Because you know what? It's a test. It's a test of whether you really have the ingredient of God or the character of God in you or not. You must be able to stay in a ministry and work faithfully and love the Lord and serve faithfully and all your life you are in that ministry. You know, for example, if you look at the professions in this world that are prone to discipline, like the police, like the army, um, Navy. You notice that when people join those kind of professions, they stay in it all their life. In fact, I'm yet to see a police or a policeman or a soldier who joined the police or joined the army and later on you, you ask, oh, that policeman who used to work in the Bogatanga police, he used to be a policeman in Boga. I, I know him about seven years ago. And they now tell you that the man is now working as a, as a cook. Or the man is a businessman somewhere. Normally, they stay there all their life. Churches 
pastors and ministers, we are not like that. We can start somewhere and the next day, we are so impatient. We jump out of the things we do. You come into the area of marriage and it's the same. When you meet somebody, sometimes you must be careful and the way you relate to them because the, the, the woman they married or the man they married at the beginning, meet them after seven years and they've changed the woman already. Sometimes after 10 years and they've changed the man already. Some people, by the time they've lived 40 years of their adult life, they've changed wives alone about three times because they just can't keep one. And it's a spirit of impatience. But the love of God is very patient. I call this one the enduring nature of the love of God. Look at when Jesus came to save us. Look at the patience. Isaiah talks about the patience. Isaiah described Jesus, he said, who has believed the report of the Lord and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Now, so Jesus comes into the world, he's born, he's going to save the world and he grows up before the Lord as a tender plant. Imagine you've planted a seedling and you want the seedling to grow into a big plant. Look at the time it takes. You plant it, you, you water, the thing grows up as a seedling, then it is growing bit by bit. You don't see it growing, but it's growing as a tender plant. But in the case of Jesus, he's not even like growing like a tender plant, but he's like a root out of a dry ground. The ground itself is not even good. It is dry ground. And Jesus is patiently growing into it, in it. And he says he has no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. This is the patience of Jesus. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. So this is Jesus. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Over here, you are looking at Jesus Christ and the, the way he suffered when he was on earth. They arrested him. They beat him up. They led him from the, the, the palace of Pilate. And they took him all the way to the cross. I remember when we, whenever we go to Israel, they took us on that route. Then they said this is the, the route Jesus went through to the crucifixion. It's a long road. And you have to climb something that looks like a hill in order to get there. And Jesus went through, he went through that road carrying a cross and the, and the pain and the torture and everything. He said all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse number 7. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before the shearers is dumb. So opened not he his mouth. He could take punishment. He, he was patient. This kind of patience that our mothers had 
when they were growing up, sorry, our mothers had, when we were growing up, these days it's not there. I'm not saying men should behave like my dad used to behave, but the truth is that, you know what, we need some more patience to keep our ministries, to keep our businesses, to keep our families, and the things that we do, to keep them intact, we need a lot of patience. So here is Jesus Christ, and the man is oppressed, he's afflicted, but he opened not his mouth, we opened our mouth. He said he was cut off from, he said he was taken from the prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people. He was stricken. Now, a life without pain is not love. When you live a life and there's no pain in it, there's no torture in it, there's no sleeplessness in it. it it's not, it's not, it's not a life of love. A life of love will inflict you with a lot of pain, a lot of injuries. Because what I've seen in the world is that normally the people who are very loving, they don't receive love back. Because people normally don't love them back. Because the chances are that you'll be taken for granted. Everybody will take you for granted. Oh, as for him, he doesn't mind. As, as for her, she, she doesn't mind. So people will treat you anyhow. People will take you for granted. You are not likely to be celebrated. You are, nobody's likely to applaud you. You are not likely to be given any respect. Because you know everybody will take you for granted. So here is Jesus Christ. He comes into the world. He's taken for granted. He's abused. And the Bible is talking about, we, you, I pray that you will be able to comprehend the love of God. I pray that you'll be able to see the length of the love of God. That love is long-suffering. It suffers long. It suffers long. So for those of you that do ministry in a place like the Upper East Region of Ghana, where we live, those of you that are seated with me here today, listen to me. It will not take just 10 years for us to get a breakthrough on this land. No, it will shock you. You and I may labor and will be dead and gone before the breakthrough will come on this land. Because this land has been there years of idolatry, years of idolatry. And this is the first generation of charismatic Pentecostal Christians in this part of the, of the country. Of course, I know that um, churches like Assemblies of God and Church of Pentecost and others existed on this land years before we even showed up as ministries. But I can tell you that when it comes to charismatism, apart from um, Loving Jesus Evangelistic Ministry, which was started by Pastor Samuel Yenti, this may be one of the, this, this was, was about the second one that sprang up together with um, high-powered ministry. These were the, were, the, were the first ministries that started. We will labor, we will toil, we will do a lot of things. It will be painful. It's a painful process. We'll be fasting, we'll be praying. The results will not be coming the way we want. But it will take a lot of patience. Without patience, you can't do it. So in life, Almost anything you do, you need a lot of patience to get the thing, the thing done. You need a lot of patience. And in loving people, flowing with people, and so on and so forth, you need the patience. Look at the life of Jesus. And we just saw it in Isaiah chapter 53. The book of Hebrews also talks about 
the patience that Jesus had. He said, wherefore seeing that you also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This race can only be run with patience. This race can only be run with patience. You cannot love without patience. Love is a patient thing. Without patience, you can't love. So he said, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Because Jesus Christ manifested that faith, sorry, that patience when he came to die and to save us. Now, you, you can easily read that uh, you can easily say that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think sometimes we forget that Jesus died. I want you to turn to somebody and tell the person Jesus died. Tell the person Jesus didn't faint. He died. He didn't sleep. He died. Tell the person I think Sometimes you forget that Jesus, in loving us, he died. Say he died. Say he died. Say he died. You know, I think we, we forget it. Because you meet the people. And when they are talking about love, you would think they are talking about entertainment. And that is all because of these... Um, misunderstanding of what love is. People think love is an entertaining thing. So they'll tell you, we fell in love. Uh, then they'll tell you, we are in love. And then when you see somebody is holding a mobile phone in today's world, somebody's holding a mobile phone and the person is smiling and they say, why are you smiling holding this mobile phone? They say, hey, I'm in love. You don't smile in love. You cry. You weep. You go through pain. And when you marry these kind of people who see love as an entertaining thing, you are seriously in trouble and you finish entertaining yourself. You must always remember that to walk in love, to walk in love is not an easy thing. It's a painful thing. It needs a lot of patience. So the Bible is saying we should look unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. Now there is joy coming. Joy is definitely coming. But in the meantime, you must endure the cross. There's a cross you have to endure. And there's a shame you will have to despise. And the Bible said after he endured the pain, after he, he despised the shame, he is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Then he said, for consider him that endured such a contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you become worried and faint in your mind. I'm just praying to God that by the grace of God, you will be able to come to the place where you will walk in patience until you fulfill your purpose. You love your family, be patient. You love the land, be patient. You love the people of the kingdom of God, be patient. You love Jesus Christ, be patient. And tell yourself, 
I'm going to live until I fulfill my purpose in life. God has not forsaken you. Come on, see. Tell the tell another person. Come on, tell another person. You know, I know people who sometimes you see when you see somebody who has resigned from a job or somebody who has committed suicide or somebody who sometimes has run away from home. Sometimes they look at themselves and they think, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. God himself has rejected me. There are people who sometimes can fall into sin. Something has happened to them in the ministry and they fall and they tell themselves, I, I think God, God has given up on me. God has rejected me. I, 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 I can't make it in life. I cannot make it in ministry. They just give up. I'm talking today to somebody who is giving up in life. Somebody who thinks you are a flop, you are a failure, and that even God himself has given up on you. Every one of us is a work in progress. Tell somebody, I am a work in progress. Come on, shout it, I am a work in progress. Tell somebody, God is not true with me yet. And tell somebody that God is a patient God. Tell the person, God is not going to kill me. And God is not rejecting me. Tell yourself, I am not finished. There is more for me. Tell the person, the love of God is patient. Now watch this. Do you know the number of years God waited before the flood came in the days of Noah? Some believe that Noah built that ark for 75 years. Others say 120 years. But whatever it is, it was not less than 75 years. And they are building an ark and God is waiting. That is how patient he is. God has not given up on you. It's not true with you. Oh, you know, I, I've been waiting. I've been waiting 20 years. 20 years sometimes for God is like two years. I came to tell somebody God is not true with you. There is none of us here who God has finished with. All of us, God is still working on us. Me included. The best pastor on earth included. Any man of God you know on earth, God is still working on them. And it is his patience that is working on them. You know, it's the devil's work to come and whisper to you that, you know what, nothing good can come out of you. God has forgotten about you. Look at the way you just fell again. Look at the way you just missed the target again. Look at the way you are struggling every year. Look at the way 2021 20, has ended. What is different? It's the same year of explosion. Have you exploded? What about you has exploded? But if I say, God, have patience with me. Lord, the patience and the long-suffering of your love should keep me. That means, God, I pray today, keep forgiving me. Keep forgiving me. A certain scripture came to me. Proverbs chapter 24 the verse number 16. Proverbs chapter 24
and the verse number 16. For a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. You want to say, Father, if I fall seven times, Father, in the patience of your love, lift me up. Some of you have made only one mistake. You have fallen only once and you are crucifying yourself. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Anybody under the sound of my voice, if you have fallen seven times, may God Almighty lift you up. Can I hear somebody say an amen? May God Almighty lift you up. Now, so Father, I receive your forgiveness one more time. Because of the blood of the atonement. Somebody pray and say, Father, because of your patience, open another door for me. One door opened. I became careless and the door closed. Father, open the door again and open another door for me. Listen to me. God will open that door two times, three times, four times, five times. He will keep opening the door until you break through. Look at the patience of God. When Elijah told the servant, go and look whether the rain is coming. He went and looked, no cloud. He went and looked again, no cloud. He went and looked again, no cloud. Finally, the seventh time, he said, I see a cloud like the hand of a man he said now the rain is about to fall but he had to go seven times Naaman dipped himself in the river Jordan seven times and then he became well and his skin became clean I want somebody to pray father I receive your forgiveness one more time another door will open for me father I fell but give me another chance my marriage collapsed but father give me an opportunity to be married again i lost my job but give me the opportunity to get another job i lost some favor father out of your love let me have another favor in the name of jesus father you healed me and i went into sickness there was somebody jesus healed and he told the man he said don't sin again otherwise a worse thing will come upon you somebody wants to pray and say father i fell into sickness because of my own fault but now i pray heal me again and lift me up again somebody come on pray in the name of jesus because sometimes you know god will give you forgiveness you see all the prayer you just prayed that god should have mercy on you and give you another chance are you prepared to give others another chance? Sometimes we want God for, to forgive us. We want God to heal us seven times. But when it comes to your neighbor, what will you do? So the disciples of Jesus went to him and they said, How many times, if my neighbor sins against me, should I forgive them? And Jesus said, Seventy-seven times, seven times. I believe you've been blessed by this message. For further information, please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com. God bless you richly.